Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Campionato di calcio italiano. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Forza Italian Football Podcast. We're back again. I know I keep saying that, but that's because we keep returning somehow. Uh, different recording time this time. It's earlier for me and Kev. It's also earlier for Vito, but that's very much a bad thing in Australia at the moment. Vito, thanks for getting up a little bit earlier to speak to us. How are you keeping? Well, it's like that R.E.M. song. It's the end of the world as we know it, but I feel fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you're doing all right anyway. Uh, the rest of the world is going to end with or without us. Kev, how are you keeping? I'm, I'm good. I've got some big news. Oh, you, what's your news? Uh, I'm booked in for a haircut next week. I'll, I'll be unshaven soon. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll be shaven even soon. What? Do you, do you get the you barber to shave you? No, but it's it's been out of laziness of not having a haircut that I've left the facial hair to grow. So once that's trimmed, I will the beard will be gone. Uh, that's the incorrect decision. Beards look better when hair is shorter. So give it a give it a trim by all means. Don't get rid of it. We'll see. Big mistake. Big mistake. How are you anyway, Kevy? All right. I'm I'm good. I'm good. Good. Excellent. I'm good too. Thanks for asking, guys. You're so polite all the time. Cheers. Um, right, there there have been there have been more games than Serie A. Round thirty five is done and dusted now. Which, if my maths is correct, for the first time in months, that means there are three rounds of fixtures left. Kev, am I, am I right on that one? Uh, you're right. Yeah, nine points right. to play for. Um, that means there are nine points to play for. Correct. So, it's it's been an interesting one, you know, because nobody at the top really won except for Atalanta and I mean the rest is to be confirmed but the, the other two Juve didn't win they lost shockingly away at Udinese and Vito is it I'm surely I'm not alone in saying I did not see this one coming no I thought it was one of those games where you'd think Juventus would win uh, although Udinese, the mostly uh, rather pragmatic side, and Juan Musso's a top goalkeeper, uh, you'd think the Bianconeri would get the three points and finally seal their ninth Scudetto in a row. Uh, unfortunately for them, it wasn't to be the case, and uh, the Zabrete or the Friolani may manage to get a surprising win in a game which probably didn't mean too much for them, given the circumstances. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Um, I, I do want to take a little bit of, of credit, though, because we, we spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, um, 
about 10 games ago now and we said that they could probably go down. And I said, no, because every year they look like they're going to go down. They win three or four games in the last 10, stay up and do it all over again. Well, they've won four games since the restart. So Udinese are just continuing to beat Udinese. But I suppose we've got to talk about Juve here, Kev. And Matthias de Ligt is again a talking point for reasons at both ends of the pitch. Got a really nice goal, but it, it's fair to say that he left a little bit to be desired on Udinese's winner. Um, yeah, his, his goal was the only bright point of a, a relatively poor first half. It was it was very um, industrious, um, as I wrote in my match report, and he sort of lit it up with a 25, maybe 30-yard drive. Um, but, uh, yeah, well, the, the, it felt like the entire Juventus uh, defence were parting the ways for, for Fana to to run through and score. But um, we, we said it on previous pods that, you know, he's young. Regani's young. I know, um, I think yourself, or maybe Vito has mentioned the maybe lack of quality for a Juventus defender that Regani's got. But, you know, there was there was Chiellini and Bonucci sat on the bench and it's, it's where maybe that experience would have, uh, would have got Juventus over the line tonight. And there wouldn't have been the uh, you know the rushes of blood to the head. Is that Juventus's own doing? Like, could Juve have done more, Vito, to to make Daniel Urgani the defender he he should have gone on to become? Yeah, I think he could have been better integrated years ago, and uh, also I think part of the blame has to go to Sadi's predecessor, uh, Max Allegri, for continuously playing uh, Bonucci and Chiellini because as great as they have been, there were probably games where maybe Rugani probably deserved more chances. And there were some games where you'd think Rugani was starting to look good as well, not just defensively, but he'd contribute with a few goals. Um, and also, then there was also Barzali, who's recently retired. But um, yeah, there were probably games, instead of Barzali, maybe give Rugani a chance, sort of, Instead of focusing on the present, just have a bit of idea of the long-term planning of the club too and see that this guy could have been something. But it's come to the point that I don't think he's ever going to be a regular starter for Juve and do well. Not only that, uh, I think it's come to the point where Juventus really should just try and get him off the books, sell him for whatever price they can get, and that's it. If he somehow blossoms elsewhere... So be it, but he's wasted five years warming the Juventus bench, basically. Yeah, yes, and it, it is a shame. I know we've spoken about him a few times. Um, Kev, I think it's generous of you to say that he's young, but uh, right, you have lost again, guys. They've, they're six points clear. They've three games left. Sampdoria, Cagliari and Roma. Kev, they can't. No, they can't. They will win. They will win. Um, they just, but but they they are. They're sort of stumbling towards just winning it through. Um, the other side's running out of time, really. Um, and also, I, I say running out of time. Um, Lazio have imploded. Um, I know they're they're winning currently, but you know they they um, were so well placed going into the lockdown that they should have done. You know they should have had more of a more of a, a go at sort of chasing Juve down when we resumed. Um, Inter at so many points in the season have flattered to deceive, um, and Atalanta probably the only one of the three where you would say that um, if anything, I suppose they've been punished by uh, VAR. Uh, being in place this season because you know they might not have got well less so VAR but maybe the um, the interpretation of the handball rule um, because you know they they the only team that really have had a fist at trying to sort of wrestle the wrestle the title back off of Juventus. Am I going too far to say if the season lasted another three rounds, Atalanta would win it? Um. It, it would depend on who they were playing, wouldn't it? Um, but you know, it, would it though? From Juventus's perspective, 
they've lost to Udinese and they lost against Milan. They drew with Atalanta. Would it matter? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, we, we're talking hypotheticals, aren't we? If we're looking at sort of average points over the game since they came back, maybe if you if you extended the season three games, Juve would still pick up the title. If you extended it five, then it would be Atalanta's. But um, there's there's no hiding the fact that Atalanta have been the best performing side since we came back. Arguably, maybe even. Um, Milan as well as a part, you know, in comparison to Juventus, and, and they they blatantly haven't been good enough. And actually, while they'll stumble towards this ninth ninth title, I'd actually be more concerned if I was a Juventus fan with you know their Champions League hopes, because really, you know, the, the struggles that they've had trying to get over the line, you know, losing to uh, Madrid in the final, losing to Barcelona in the final in twenty fifteen with with superior sides, this sort of round robin in Lisbon, where you're going to not have two legs of the quarters in the semi, is a real opportunity for any side. And Juve do not look in a position where they're going to where they're going to take that this season. No, they don't. I've been asked about Juve's Champions League chances by a few people now, and I always end up arguing with myself because my instinctive reaction is based on what they've done. Since the, since the lockdown, they have absolutely no chance. But then I kind of think, well, they're Juventus and they've got Cristiano Ronaldo, so Vito, they, they do have something of a chance. But it, can we write them off in Europe? Because, I mean, they have been very, very bad. If it wasn't for the pandemic and if it was played under normal circumstances, then I'd probably say yes, because the performance have been terrible uh, given what has happened though um, this round robin scenario is a unique one and it's going to work like a world cup for the national teams it's basically one game you've got to play and for the quarterfinals semifinals and final they've just got to go out there and do what they can over the 90 minutes or extra time if need be uh, with Leon, look, uh, they might have some stumbles, but uh, they'll have Serie A out of the way. So regardless if they do hang on for the title or they somehow manage to let it slip, uh, there won't be any more concerns about the league. They'll focus solely on the Champions League. And then Sari and his players can just focus on those teams and those fixtures. So they'll play just with uh, little focus on other competitions and just dedicate to them, see what happens from there. And they it do also, have those players, Ronaldo and Dybala, that can change games. So I think, again, they'll be decisive, those two. I'll stick with you to give a bit of credit to someone at Udinese and Juan Musso. Is he one of the most, um, not underrated because it's a ridiculous thing, but like lesser noticed good goalkeepers in Serie A? Absolutely, because he's made quite a lot of great saves this season. There have probably been games where Udinese have won, largely due to him making some fantastic saves. And then there are other games where he's probably prevented Udinese from being embarrassed and humiliated on the scoreline. Uh, even when they were thrashed 7-1 by Atalanta, he still had to make a lot of saves, which is quite incredible to think. So um, I think he's a goalkeeper that a lot of sides in Serie A should take into consideration. And if uh, not Serie A, I think, uh, you know, a league like La Liga, if some of the big boys in that league, maybe not Barcelona or Real Madrid, but if clubs like Valencia or, you know, um, Sevilla or some other club who's playing in Europe want to look for a goalkeeper, I think um, Musso would be a fantastic choice. Yeah, well, he's, he's kept like 12 clean sheets this season, which I'm pretty sure is a, a, a league high. And as Kev has just pointed out as well, he's only second to Samir Andanovic in Udinese clean sheets. He himself, he has 17. So he could easily get that. Not, if he sticks around for next season, you'd expect he could pick up five more clean sheets and draw level with him. That, oh, that was in a single season. It was, in a, it was in one season. Yeah, so yeah, so that's the record for clean sheets in a single oh, okay. season. Which just actually like reminds you how good Andanovic was while he was at Udinese as well. But 
17 clean sheets in one season is insane. Mm. Whatever club you're playing for, that's mad. But anyway. That's in front of me. I could tell you the season, but uh, they are long gone. Uh, thanks, Kev. Appreciate that. Um, second place, then Atalanta, they're still there because they beat Bologna 1-0, Kev. Luis Muriel now has the, the all-time record for goals as a substitute in Serie A. And he's Atalanta's top scorer and he's not even the starting number nine. It's getting a bit ridiculous. No, I, I always thought it was a, a really good move for them because he does get you goals. I know he's, he's had issues with his, with his fitness um, at times when he's, when he's been in Italy. But um, I actually don't think the goal um, on, oh, it's Tuesday night, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, we'll get the credit that it deserves partly because of the passing move that built up to it, but also the way that uh, Muriel almost just sort of makes this sort of body shape, you know, makes himself look disinterested in the play so he can sort of cut away to sort of the edge of the area into this space. And then again, I can't remember who cut the ball back to him, but then finds him there, he takes a touch and, and in it goes. I think it was a... I was impressed with the the move anyway, and, and he's going to give you that, and that and that's that's the intelligence of him as a footballer that has that has got him so many goals coming off the bench. He can pick up the pace of the game from um, sort of a, you know a, a standing start if you like, and um, could well take Atlanta to hundred goals this season, which would be a phenomenal achievement even without us. Yeah, um, they are slowing down quite rapidly. At the moment, and I suppose fatigue plays a part there. They're on 95 after 35 games. So every chance they do get 100, and that is incredibly impressive if they if they get there. It was I'm pretty sure it was Duban Zapata who set up Muriel for the goal, and that that's one thing that I do think needs pointing out as well is that it's a team that sets up to play with one striker, but so often. Muriel and Zapata can coexist on the pitch and they link up really, really well, actually. And Muriel's not exactly... He's quick, but he's not exactly someone who likes being mobile. But it just works. And I think that's testament to what Gasparini has built there, that whatever he does just works. You know, when he changes things during a game, it it still tends to to carry on work or turn around a deficit into a win. I'm really, really, really running out of things to say about that club um, under Gasparini. So we won't spend too long on this. We'll move on because Inter drew nil-nil with Fiorentina Vito. And it's kind of a disappointing result, that one. Yeah, very disappointing, especially for Inter because, well, they might have had a small chance of delaying uh, Juventus's Gudetto win even before they lost the Aventus, I mean, lost to Udinese, sorry. So, yeah, I think for Inter, it goes to show that, especially the second half of the year, even before the COVID-19 pandemic broke out, that the performances probably haven't been as good uh, as they were in the first half of the year. And uh, the surprising thing is that it was Fiorentina's backup goalkeeper, Pietro Terracciano, that saved uh, Fiorentina. I mean, he made a lot of great saves and, you know, it's incredible that he's the, not the first choice goalkeeper, it's uh, John Gobski and John Gobski's a fantastic goalkeeper. So, yeah, when your second choice goalkeeper is saving you or in the case of Inter denying you victory, I mean, that's uh, something incredible to think about. Antonio Conte was making headlines after the game talking about how Oh, don't care about second place. It's the first loser, blah de blah A lot of people have taken this as it being a sign of his winning mentality. But, I mean, is it not his job to try to get Inter to finish as high as they possibly can? And does he not have some sort of, I don't know, competitive professional obligation to keep pushing for a second place finish if they can't win the league? Um I think there's um, there's an obligation with regards to sort of the the, the competitive balance of the the league. Um, there's always an argument when you get to this stage of the stage of the season, or whether uh, teams have got cup finals, and there are leagues that 
fine teams for playing weakened sides. Um, and then the, 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 the club will argue that, you know, there's those players are being paid to be a professional footballer and they're training with the first team squad. So is it a weakened side, you know, when it is very much a squad game these, these days? Um, I said a little while ago that the Inter, for me, looked a little bit like a side that knew they were not going to drop out of the Champions League places. They knew that. They've got a Europa League that will provide the possibility of a trophy for them. And unless, you know, I don't know what the, uh, the, the, the prize money is between positions. I know it's as high as two million position in the in the Premier League so unless someone from above is sort of wrapping him on the knuckles for not putting more effort into to get second place he can he can largely do what he likes because there's so many arguments for against kind of just putting your feet up now until the Europa League comes around for Inter that is the priority right yeah and so it should be It's, it's a trophy and I think the players would look at it that way I think the players would probably, you know, they're probably exhausted from the the length of season we've had. I know it's the same number of games, but it's now almost come round to a sort of a full year. Um, they've had the break that's disrupted them, so you know they're probably feeling it from that aspect. And again, it, it's going to be moved into this uh, small little format that they'll be going over a winners' medal. You know, the likes of Christian Eriksen um, that have left Tottenham and won very little since he probably left Ajax. Well, he must have won nothing actually since leaving Ajax. We'll probably want to sort of go home with a medal um, from the rest of his career. Someone who have been in pretty good form though since the restart staying in Milan is Milan. Vito, they, they won again away at Sassuolo. They limited Sassuolo to just one goal from the penalty spot through Chicho Caputo. But Zlatan Ibrahimovic scored twice for Milan. And this guy's level of performance for a 38 year old has been. Pretty obscene since joining. Not only that, in this particular game, he scored two lovely goals. I mean, that was a, a fine header uh, to open the scoring after Hakan Chalkanoglu's cross. And then he dribbled around Andrea Consiglio for the winner. So um, they were well-taken goals and, they were, you know, fantastic finishes as well. So, yeah, in, in general, his condition's been in incredible for someone his age and then in this particular game um yeah he took his chance as well did it in a stylish way which is uh, typical Zlatan and uh, I think uh, yeah it looks like he's gonna finish the season in pretty good shape and Milan in general uh, as we said just earlier you know along with Atalanta they've been one of the form teams since Serie A has returned. Kev you were kind of Impressed with Hakan Chalanoglu, but also left a little bit frustrated by his previous form. I've been frustrated with him for a lot of his career, whether that was in Germany or then um, in Italy. He he, uh, he he never really has got out of this, um, you know, because he's got a, he's got a shot on him, and he's never really sort of got out of his game that he takes probably, in my view, one too many shots from distance when there are better options on him. He played a wonderful curling crossover for Zlatan to get the first and then a really sort of delicate through ball to to slip him in past uh, the Sassuolo defence and those are decisions that a player with his experience should make more often than he probably does in mob. We talk about the the whole situation at Milan because obviously um, Ralph Ragnick's not coming now although his party are kind of adamant that there was never an agreement there. It does seem like Milan made the decision to pull the plug on that one in the end. We were discussing how it was. It would have been quite peak Milan to find this good form under Pioli, then bin off Pioli, get Ranić in and start from scratch. But Kev, is this not peak Milan? Getting Are they getting carried away by a couple of results? And throwing away something that they actually had planned which doesn't bode too well the problem the problem with this is um history will bear out whether it was a good decision or not um in in my personal view i think if you've got a long-term plan 
there's a reason that it's a long-term plan. It's one reason that it's one that's been thought out. And if it's, you know, in place, then you, you go with it, uh, regardless of sort of short-term results. Um, I also think that you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't um, completely ignore the fact that what you've got there, if you've got the option to, to retain it, then you do that and work with it. It, it all, it, for me, it's just about how far down the line were they, um, how convinced were they by the project that they were allegedly putting in place? Because, again, we've had previous projects when they've brought in ex-players and, you know, more of the, uh, the, the Milan DNA to sort of take, take the, uh, excuse me, the, the club out of uh, its um, sort of position, sort of treading water in the middle reaches of the, of, um, the top flight. So, so I don't know what to make of it really. It's, it, it, it is peak Milan, but if it works for them, why not? Does it not smack of short-termism, Vita? In a way, you can say that, and if uh, anyone believes that, would be largely due to Pioli and his track record as a coach. Mm. Um, he's rarely stayed in the job for any more than two or three years. Uh, he might be able to steer the ship from safety and provide stability, but he's not someone that can build a team and you know implement a certain philosophy as such. That being said, Milan in general need to look for some sense of stability, and they've been miss missing that for the last ten years, or at least since Allegri got the sack back in 2014. Uh, keeping Pioli uh, might be short termism basically because Milan have been playing so well since Serie A has returned from the pandemic. But, um, you know, we'll see how 2020-21 goes for them. And uh, speaking of projects, they did hire Marco Giampaolo, who had his own attacking philosophy, his distinctive style of play. Uh, he couldn't get it going, but worst of all, it didn't look like he was showing any signs of being able to produce the kind of football that, you know, his Empoli or his Sampdoria played, so uh, it looked like he had to go. But uh, Pioli, with what he's got, and given what has happened, I think um, I think it would really look worse in a way if they did um, sack Pioli, especially if Milan finish the season with this good run of form and then start from scratch from uh, Ragnik. Worst of all, especially if with Ragnik, he endures a similar sort of start to Giampaolo, then uh, then you'd have the Milan fans and other people saying, oh, why did you sack Pioli? He was doing good, this and that. So I think the key is stability and as well as continuity. So if they keep those things, uh, maybe next season might be all right for them or a bit this, more tranquil than others. This is the thing. I'm not convinced that even the Ralph Ranić was not sort of relatively short term. I, I don't have any confidence that Milan have been planning that for any significant period or like Vito mentions with the previous projects that they would have stuck with it. So actually, if it's going so well with Pioli at the moment, they might as well um, tie him down to a two-year deal and see where that goes. I know you and I both like the tweet, Kev, from Rory Smith, which kind of sums up how I feel about it, to be honest, which is why I liked it, surprisingly enough. But it's, a, it's an odd one because losing his job obviously would have been harsh on Pioli, but Ranić was a chance for genuine reinvention at Milan. Mind you, I suppose it's for the best if this is the level of commitment they had to it. Kind yeah. of sums up what you were saying there too, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think they would have... That's, I've, well, I can, you can easily see Milan just throwing a project aside, you know, at the first sign of danger. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great 
great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. But with that in mind, Pioli's going to be gone by Christmas, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. <laughs> I promise you, Pioli's not seeing the new year in, in Milan. I'm sure he'll, I hope he'll be alive. But anyway, that's not what I meant. But are we kind of, it's gone dark. by talking about Pioli, are we at risk of missing the points with Milan? Because... Zlatan Ibrahimovic is the one who changed everything Vita. And I don't even say that as a joke. He genuinely has changed the mentality at that club. He has since he's arrived because even when Pioli had re- replaced Giampaolo, there didn't look like there were many signs of the team really showing many changes as such or really becoming a better sign. But with uh, Ibrahimovic... Whether it's his charisma or his uh, experience in the game or both, um, I think he's improved the mentality of the squad in that aspect. And eventually it was up to Pioli to build the team around Ibrahimovic, but also find roles for the players around him to play their best. So uh, I think Zlatan should be the key factor in all this. But uh, uh, Pioli, I think he's made his difference in some way, especially with Chalconoglu playing in the hole or in that Trequatista role because he was never a left winger. Oh, seriously. The guy's not going to be a Frank Ribarini's prime or anything like that. Just playing behind the strikers and it's reaping the... You know, Milano reaping the rewards now. He's playing much better too, Chalconoglu. So I think uh, you know that has helped as well. Kev, do Milan just need to do anything they possibly can to keep Ibrahimovic for another season? Uh, I, I understand the the benefits that he's brought to the team, but um, you know when we're talking about short termism, I, I think they 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 would do they would do well to attempt to find um, that type of experience and influence. Uh, in players that can arrive that will uh, that can give more and maybe give more for longer um, I'm trying to think of a suitable example there's no one in the world like him well no yeah but that you know so that's something you can't you can't replicate exactly in one individual that but um, there are play well let, let's take the Andrea Pirlo um, example that there are players that get cast aside far too easily in their career uh, and can have a transformative effect just through their experience um, that they can bring to the table and you know how much life you can get out of players these days you know we we, we forget how long players can actually go on for um, as opposed to maybe sort of 10-20 years ago and I think that's what Milan need to look for. They need to look for somebody that's maybe going to be there three, four seasons yeah, and can, can sign a, a contract to commit to those years and expect to want to sort of maybe see through a project, whether it's with Pioli, whether it was with Aranjic, uh, and and take them to a, a Coppa Italia, a Europa League, whatever, right. and, and get some success. Is this, not, is this not what they tried to do with, as Vito has pointed out, Gonzalo Iguain? But also Leonardo Bonucci, right? Bonucci came in, was made captain. He was this winner arriving from Juve who was going to make Milan a winning team. It didn't work with either of those players. With Ibra, it's working. So don't try and find someone to do what Ibra's already doing. But there are two examples of players where 
Higuain doesn't look the character that is going to drag people around him, going to sort of pull people together. And Bonucci is, um, what's the flaming word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, a little bit, not disruptive, but just, oh God, the, the, I know the word I want. But, you know, so, you know, you've got to, you've got to look for the... <laughs> I don't think you do. Yeah, well, I, maybe I don't. He's got uh, a bit of self-love, confrontational. but... Not... Confrontational, I think, is what right. I mean. Okay. And yeah, they need to. It is. It's about finding the right players. But then this is where a scattergun approach like Milan often take to to signing players doesn't work. And you know, we go back to the whole long term project, and they could put that in place, and then they just throw it out. It's well, if you're going to stereotype, you could say it's something to do with the fiery nature of the Italian character. But uh... where are Milan finishing next season, Kat? Um, I would like to think that if this run of form continues and they, they're sticking with Pioli, that they can make a decent challenge at fourth place. At whose expense? Um, if they, if, Lazio. They, yeah, if they continue how they're going, Lazio. Um, but they have just um, beaten Cagliari. Yeah, speaking of Lazio, that's who we're going to next. They've just, in the last 10 seconds, completed a 2-1 win over Cagliari, they went 1-0 down through... Giovanni Simeone has been credited with the goal, let's be honest. It was an own goal. Um, but Sergei Milinkovic-Savic scored a belting strike in the second half and then Ciro Mobile got the win wrapped up on the hour mark. Vito, it's obviously not going to do much for them long-term, but, I mean, they're, they're in the Champions League next season. Yeah, it's a case of a win's a win. Um... I think they'll just be glad to get the three points, given how poorly they have performed uh, since football's returned. And I reckon that, uh, yeah, it's a case of them just limping over the line because with sealing Champions League qualification, there isn't too much else they've really got to play for. And I think for me, it's just uh, helping Morbola try and beat Cristiano Ronaldo for the Couple Cananieri race. That's it. Yeah, um, th- that very much is a race as well, isn't it? Because you saw the the images when they played each other at the weekend and Cristiano was having a word with Chesney saying, oh, he's going to go there and blah, blah, blah. And then afterwards they shared a little giggle, which was quite nice. Um, but Kev, did you see João Pedro's goal that wasn't? Yeah, I still don't know why that was ruled out. It was um, it was an indirect free kick. Oh, okay. And he just smashed it into the top corner. Yeah, because I was trying to complete some post uh, Udinese Juventus work, and uh, I saw it go in. I was like, ooh, you know, I gave up a little noise that made the wife poke her head round from the other room. And a Gaston Ramirez noise. Uh, yeah, yeah, Gaston Ramirez noise, and uh, and and then yeah, suddenly it was chalked off. But oh yeah, it was a a real shame because it was a. A peach. Why has he done that? Why has he done that? <laughs> yeah, it's an indirect free kick. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes uh, <laughs> you know, players are often not cited for their intelligence, and you know, I, I remember, I remember in my sort of my young younger years, not really knowing what we were supposed to do, and just having to always ask the ref, "Can I shoot with this one, ref? Yeah, yeah. Does somebody have to touch it, ref?" And, I remember. When, when I was playing once, we were awarded an indirect free kick like on the edge of the box. And it was one of those, it was impossible to get it up and down. So I just thought, I'm just going to drill it at the wall because the box is too crowded to work anything. If I drill it at the wall, it might hit someone and go in. And sure enough, it just bounced off someone's arm and <laughs> went in. It's, but, when, it's when the ref comes over and goes, oh, I had my arm raised. You should know what that means. It's like, yeah. I bet you- I barely listened to you. I'm not looking out for your hand gestures. Yeah, but I mean, Israel Pedro is a professional footballer playing in Serie A. He should know that he can't take a shot, no? Possibly. <laughs> it's a shame because it might have been a case where he was thinking, I'll just get it on target and the keeper will try and save it and I'll get a corner or something. But then he's pulled off the best strike he'll ever hit in his career. It was so sweet. It's so. early in the 
game as well. So he's possibly, you know, just still thinking about what his, you know, what his what his duties are, what he's been told to do, and just just forgotten about the whole Maybe. worrying about the uh, indirectness. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not gonna waste any time talking about Latu or Kalu because what's the point right now? And we do have a bit of a good news story. Um, it's Genoa. not the result. What? Genoa. That's no, new. The good news. Vito's gonna cry if I mention that as a good news story. But no, the good news story came in Ferrara where <laughs> Fal got beaten six-one by Roma. I mean, Fal are already. They've already left Ferrara and they're on the beach in Rimini somewhere. But. The good news story was Vito, Nicola Zaniolo. What a goal. Oh for, oh, for me, it's probably top five for this season. I know it was towards the end of the game, but such a sensational strike. Picking up the ball in his own half, dribbling past those defenders, and then fish, finishing with such grace. Uh, it makes me really happy to see Zaniolo score a goal like that. Not only is he a bright young talent and probably one of the best young Italians going around, but given that he had that serious knee injury against Juventus and to return to playing football again and then having the skill and the confidence to attempt something like that and succeed, uh, it's just great to see it. You know, when I see things like that, I really just hope he doesn't get another bad injury because uh, I'm sure that many other Serie A fans, especially the Roma ones, they want to see more goals like that because he is an exceptional talent. And the more we see goals like that, the better. He's kind of like, to Italy, what Marco Sensio is for Spain. And they both had long-term injuries this season, came back in good form. But Vito, or not Vito, sorry, Kevin, jumping over to you for this one. Zaniolo is someone that Italy will be kind of pinning their hopes to at next summer's European Championship. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And... I think actually Mancini's done quite well with um, building a building a side around some of the young young talents there. Um, it, you just hope now that yeah he doesn't go on too many more of these mazy runs and then defenders come away and clobber him because there'll be a little bit of a weakness until he sort of builds up that and it'll be the twisting and turning that will need to need to get done. I almost sometimes with some of these players that are coming back, I think Demiral was on the bench for Juventus, that I wonder whether it's a bigger risk actually giving them games now with very little riding on, on things. Um, but I suppose Roma have got the, uh, the Europa League to think of as well and he could well play a big part in that. Yeah. Um, would this goal have been scored, Kev, if it wasn't in the 90th minute against the Spal team who were already relegated and dead on their feet? Um, I think we you, you can just say he he has the ability to do it, but yeah, a, a player that's come off the bench um, is young uh, anyway and sprightly uh, against a tiring defence that um, are relegated as well. So they're arguably less incentivised to sort of put their bodies in the on the line. Um, I, I think that um, as much as it might disappoint our friend in Australia. Uh, would not make it into my top five of the season. <laughs> Do you know Alberto Cherry is only 24 years old? Yeah, I remember watching him, though. Um, I think I had... I, I've had a summer or something recovering, and there was lots of uh, a particular like under-20 uh, European championships on it. And he, he was like the, fo- the focal point for uh, a very young uh, Italian national side. Um, in one of the age groups, and he he looked he looked about twenty two then because of sort of his size and, and and build. But did he did he? I saw he went down clutching his arm. Was there any significant impact? So I only saw the highlight. Don't know. To be honest, Cherry just came to my mind because I was chatting to someone um, in Parma last week who went to school with him. He's he's from here. Um, obviously, broke through at Parma before moving on, and they when they said they were at school with. Cherry, I thought, hang on, you're you're 24. And they said, yeah. So, but isn't Cherry like 31? <laughs> no, 24 years old. Mad. Absolutely mad. He doesn't look it. He does not look it. Anyway, um, don't know what else there is to talk about. Oh, what? Hmm. 
Hmm. Let's a bit pressure three one. Yeah, but it didn't matter, did it, Vito? Because because your boys didn't take care of business against no. Genoa. Um, Genoa don't win derbies, but they they won this one, and it's taken them a very very long way towards another season in Serie A. Yeah, I can only say that the some players must love playing in the derby and uh, maybe we just got to wait for next year for Sump to win both of them with fans so we can enjoy our wins next year. And then if, fingers crossed, Spezia come into Serie A, you know, uh, three Ligurian teams, that would be pretty impressive. But uh, look, I usually have had scapegoats in the past, especially on this pod, but no Edgar Barreto, Vasco Regini's at Parma. <laughs> Bartos Berezinski's not there yet, but he's treading on he's, water. He should he's be. On, he's treading on water because he scored that own goal against Parma, which put the Ducali 2-0 up a few days ago. And he gifted his uh, compatriot, Jack Yellow, um, uh, to set up the goal for Lera for the winner. So what was he trying to do? Trying to dribble from, dribble from the fence? Is he trying to be uh, Gerard Piquet or... Um, David Luiz, or if we want to go back to the ones who actually knew how to do it, like Franz Beckenbauer, Gaetano Scherer. I mean, come on, Berezinski. Keep it simple. Just get the ball away. For goodness sake. <laughs> You've been generous on him there, you know, because he, he was at fault for Parma's first goal the other day as well because he put his head in where it shouldn't have gone and closed his eyes. Oh, yeah, that too. Well, uh, yeah, I'll look... He's been at Sump for quite a while. I mean, he has his moments where he's good going forward, but defensively, he's another he's another calamity at times too. So, uh, just uh, seriously, fix something up, Bartosh. Or otherwise, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. We need to win games, not lose games. Kev, uh, it was a big win for your boys in in the derby. The maintaining that four point cushion between themselves and Lecce in the relegation zone? My boys? <laughs> uh, not, not, not quite my boys, but I, I felt I had to goad Vito on social media after the win. Um, it is, you know, that, that four points is crucial because of the, the Lecce result because we probably expected them to, to beat Brescia. Um, and actually, it, it's less about any sort of warm feelings or affiliation with Genoa for me and it's more about um, Syria when you're talking about when you people are comparing the, the brands of the sort of major top championships in Europe the the Genoa derby maybe not the action on the pitch uh, you know a, a lot of the time it, it's one of the it's the one one of the real standouts of Italian football something that I really enjoy and was hoping to get to this year and um, yeah, I'll be I'll be over the moon if we've got another one of them next year. I'm sorry, I just I didn't I hadn't seen what you sent to Vito until you said it there. Probably the greatest so... gift I've ever found, I've ever found. Yeah. <laughs> so I just saw that. Hey, oh Vito, I'm sorry that he's doing that to you. <laughs> well, I suppose uh, you know now that Dobbs no longer on the pod anymore i suppose kev just wants to create a bit of banter but look this uh, given the circumstances i didn't like that particular gif but as a <laughs> gif in general i thought it was pretty funny so i i i put a tweet saying we had two jobs to do one win back uh, city bragging rights and second to make sure general get dragged into the relegation battle we failed to do both of those things so kev found this image where there's a baby laughing his head off and he tips to his side. And just the way it fell as it laughed, you got to admit, it was actually pretty funny. So hopefully I, I'll save that one for next year. I, I, I didn't want you going to work too angry. And I thought it would lift your mood a little bit. <laughs> the, well, the, for, what, for what it was, it was funny. Just the one thing I... Um, sorry, but yeah, the one thing I thought of when I was watching the, the game is all that that tarpaulin that they have sort of with all the adverts for Sam. Uh, and, it, and, it, and I realised that it flicks around for Jenner. And it's probably, it's probably the only stadium left in, uh, in Italy where they're sharing the ground and they're stretching this sort of specific 
tarpaulin with all the the adverts of their sponsors it must be a right pain in the uh, the ass for the groundsman to do that every time that it flips over from samp at home to Jenner at home just just watch next time and you see the difference in sort of the the stadium coverings for Genoa this weekend and then samp how do you know they're turning it over hmm? how do you know they're turning it over because it doesn't look like it's it's um computer generated no, but Atalanta have one as well because the the stand on the far side of where the camera is is doesn't exist anymore. So there's work going on there from on non-match days, but when there's a match, they just pull something over. I don't think they're turning it off. I reckon they're just adding and removing it. Well, yeah, yeah, but that's a hell of a job. What a pain! What a pain in the ass job. You couldn't just leave it on. Yeah, you know, any other side, say. <laughs> Sassuolo or Atlanta, you just you can just leave the the ground set up as it is for the rest mm. of these games where there's no fans every week. Some some yeah, fair Genoa, or well or females in, in Genoa have got to go in and strip it all out and then replace it. It's like preparing for a new concert every weekend. That keeps them on their toes, doesn't it? Gives them something to do. Yes, but with the <laughs> pandemic, is it increasing the health and safety risks? Probably not great to be honest, but there you go. Um, Anyway, Parma won. Parma won a match. They they've won a football match for only the second time since the return. They they took what? It was a great dive. Yeah, two good dives. They took the lead and they blew it. But then they got a lead again and didn't have enough time to blow it. So for after five failed attempts of going ahead first and and seeing a game out, they they managed to win but um yeah kev i don't know what it is about parma games and penalties 10 games since the restart and there have been 10 penalties it's rare that they go in their favor but i mean neither of the penalties they were given should have been given should they no they were they were both very soft was what i wrote down on my notepad as they were given um it's a it's a i think i saw somebody discussing about um if there'll be a study after maybe this season of the increase in penalties, just you know, in Syria, um, the one actually that got me, although 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 the Palmer ones were soft, I was more annoyed by the handball for the Napoli pen, and not just by that by the player, but you know, it's a similar when um, Bastos did it for Lazio against uh, Juve. Any time a player throws themselves forward to you know almost vertically you know and with their arms it's like why are you not just rushing out to try and make yourself big and stand upright and block the shot you know with your shins if you're putting your if you're putting your body if you're putting your you know the the, the top half of your body at knee level then the likelihood in the current situation you're gonna concede a penalty if the ball strikes you it's absolute idiocy is it not just something that players have been used to They've grown up, they'll go out and they'll try and slide tackle and block a shot as it leaves the player's foot more than anything, though. I don't think, I don't think I've seen this. It, it, if I take like England where I'm living, John Terry had a habit of doing it mm. and obviously got kicked in the face one or two times as well. Yeah. But it never really sort of caught on. Whereas I kind of see it more in Spain and Italy. Again, I wouldn't say I see it that much in Germany. I don't know if that's it's it's just something that 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 country or the footballers have always done, but uh, it's it's really it's a real strange phenomenon that I, that I find that anybody bothers doing it. Mm. It's a bit like actually that's creeping in now is this whole diving behind the wall. How often actually is somebody trying to squeeze the ball underneath a wall? Yeah. And actually, if you're on the floor, then you're taking you're you're cutting yourself out of the play. You know, they slide the ball around, you know, the top, you know, okay, millet, we're talking seconds or whatever that it takes to get up. But it's like, it still just seems an unnecessary action. Yeah, we saw Brozovic did it successfully against, I think it was a Luis Suarez free kick at the camp now. And then after that, everyone started doing it. One of those just taken off. Um, anyway, the other games, I don't know what's left. Torino, Torino played Verona 1 1. That was it, right? That's yeah, yeah nothing game. home to write about. Uh, fair enough, done. Um, do, 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 do. Guess what time it is, Kev? It's uh, 22.58 here. Guess what time it is, Kev? 
It's uh, fun card time. Ah, the card game that's no longer a card game and it is now just someone that gets brought to my attention during the week and I say that they're the designated Okay, so there is a method to your decision. Because well, I thought, like, let's choose someone that Vito will win. But All right, it's, you're 2-1 down because you're not very good at the game. Don't start blaming the, the master, right? It's your own fault. It's um, it's guess who? I don't know. Is, are we just gonna call it guess who? Uh, That's we probably we, we probably can't do that, can we? Because that is an actual game. Um, so, uh, them. we we have a mystery player. Ooh, and you have to ask yes or no questions. And if the answer is yes, you continue. If the answer is no, it moves over to the other person. Fairly simple. The player is, of course, a Serie A player. Uh, yeah. If you're listening now, probably, like I said last time, just, just switch off, to be honest. Like, you're not going to miss anything. Sabrina, you'll probably keep listening for some reason, but good enough, right? Vito, you won the last time, so you are up first. Um, Kev, are you going to win this one? I don't know. You're you're giving Vito the advantage of going first, even though he uh, he has an advantage already. Why does Vito have an advantage already? <laughs> because if he starts and he gets five questions consecutively right and picks the not not even have a chance. <laughs> Just saying. Well, you won the first game, so you went first in the second game, which you lost. So. <laughs> This is a bit like the uh, the ABBA penalty uh, that they never they should have kept going with and they never did. But they should have. What happened to that? Actually, did they just decide it was too complicated? A, a bit like Jao Pedro not knowing what the uh, the indirect free kick sign is. Uh, I don't think the referees could cope with remembering which side had to then go next. Though. Yeah, yeah, it got a bit complicated to know when the team had won. I think didn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Because I was waiting for the moment where a penalty would be like saved by the goalkeeper. He'd go running off to like the other players, and then the ref have to call him back to remind him that they. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, sadly, we never saw it. Or at least I never saw it happen in any of the countries I watch football. Right. Well, we're we gonna play the game. Are you done, Marlon? Oh, I was trying to stop it. Then, but... All right. <laughs> right, Vito. Um, you ready? Okay. Is this player? From a club in the European spots. Oh, I forgot to look at the table. To be honest with you, I'm looking at the table now. He's not. He's not at a club in the European spots. That might be some sort of clue. Uh, over to you, Kev. Now you can stop complaining. Uh, uh, is the club based in the north of Italy? They are in the north. Of this fine country, yes. Okay. Are they above relegation zone? They are above the relegation zone, yes. Uh, Look at you. Okay. Uh, do they play in... Do they have yellow in their colours? What's your question, Kev? I don't know. I'm, I've got to lose them. Jack. Is it a midfielder? Right. This is outrageous. Oh, okay. All right. I'm going back to my other question. Okay. So, uh, yeah, no, do they, yeah. Uh, do, yeah, just do they play in yellow? None of, nobody here actually does play in yellow, do they? No, they they the don't game. play in yellow, Kev. Okay, good. Take this off me. <laughs> okay, is this club from Emilia Romagna? They are from Emilia Romagna. Okay, um, do they play for Sassuolo? They do not play for Sassuolo. Back to you, Grandad. Do they play for Parma? No, they don't play for Parma. That was a that was a silly question. Yeah, well, I, 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 my 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 mind's gone. Mainly because I'm not sure where we draw the line with North Italy, Northern Italy, which is where, which is what's my initial question. But uh, Florence and above. Come on, Vito. Next question. 
Oh, you should consider Tuscany and Marche to be central Italy, but yeah, that <laughs> tends to be it's a big, big topic of debate on a daily yeah. basis here. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so not Parma, not Sassuolo. All right, does this player play for Bologna? They do play for Bologna. It's about to be three-one. Okay. Um, is this player a foreigner? They are foreign. Okay. They are foreign. Where is he from? Well, is he we don't know his from? name yet, so we can't tell you. Uh, no. Okay. Is this player South American? They are South American. Okay. South Look, American. he knows. Look at his face, Kev. He knows. Is this player from Argentina? I can only think of... Well, I can think of two South Americans now, actually. The player... You need to to answer, Vito, Connor. Is not from Argentina. And I'm very surprised that Vito went with that question. I'm very surprised. So, Kev, I'll give you a bit of a recap because it's been quite a while since you spoke. Got it. Well, I've not got it, but I've got. I don't need a recap. I don't okay. want to. I don't want to put the listeners through that. Uh, <laughs> uh, do they play in midfield? No. No. Oh, so it's not the South American I was thinking of. You're an idiot. You're an absolute idiot. You've he served that to you on a silver platter, and you just reheated it and give it back to him. Did he? <laughs> is on. it my turn? It is. Look at him. Look it? at his face. Is, right it, is it He's Federico Santander? Yeah, of course it's Federico Santander. <laughs> Do you not know me? Of course it's the worst striker I've ever seen play in the flesh. Federico Did you Santander. see? Did you see him this week? He was terrible against Milan. Uh, I didn't see him this week. So how did it come into your sphere of thinking this week i was chatting to the with a mate alessio from from bologna he was at the parma game yeah, so that's, that's, that's that was where my thinking was going because he, ba- he barely plays doesn't he anymore well even when he plays he doesn't play yeah. he's yeah. just well that's why i was thinking i had gary mandel in my in my head ah uh, okay okay yeah. fair enough fair enough yeah i mean it's it's three one now okay what? What are you putting this one down to? Conspiracies, bribery, Juve. <laughs> what's what's your role on? Terrible game. Oh, he's getting grumpy now. Uh, God knows how it'll be reacting when it's seven uh, one to Vito in a couple of weeks. I must admit, I am a, I am quite a bad loser. No, really. Yeah, I've got. I yeah. Uh, I when the. Uh, we unlike unlike Sunday, we should probably remember we are still recording. But um, when we went into the to lockdown, everybody was doing quizzes. Uh, that that lasted about four quizzes for us because as soon as somebody started putting quizzes where we had to respond uh, by you know WhatsApp, and then I was arguing over the bandwidth or how quickly our service providers, so it wasn't a fair contest as opposed to. Yeah. You're a lot of fun. I, well, yeah, exactly. That's why uh, I'm not. I'm not even invited to parties uh, online. I should say now that there are there are three rounds of fixtures left, which means there are three pods, and then the season review pod. It's currently three one. So if Vito wins the next game, we don't get to play the game anymore. No, we still do. Oh. But it turns into Spal against Roma then you'll be sulking and Vito will just be taking the absolute proverbial out of you by pretending to be Nicola Zagnolo um, <laughs> bye ciao, ciao. should we do a proper outro uh, yeah what do you want a song here's a song um, no <laughs>
Tanta e tanta gente che fa sospirare Roma, Roma, Roma Lassace canta Da sta voce nasce un coro So centomila voci che hai fatto in Roma, Roma bella, tutti finta io, già la sole, rossa come il cuore mio. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.